so doctors with his sits sticking out. The whole, the whole movement of the Torah is that wherever you are, wherever you go, you, you understand what you're going to be afraid of? Of course, it's a test. It's a test. Uh, you're, talking, you're talking about going to school to university. So, so, uh, so t- uh, it, it's a test. On, it's a multi-leveled test. Uh, I once visited a college. I sat in on a class. <coughs> It was a psychology class. It was, a, it, it was the, the first class in psychology. I don't think that the, uh, the, the teacher that was teaching was a professor, but maybe I, I could make a kalvachoyim on the professor, and I was listening to what he was teaching about. So I said to myself, Rabbi Shalom, if the parents of the, of the children <coughs> that are sitting in this class would know what he's telling them, they would all yank their kids out of school. He was telling them the person's an animal. There's no such thing as an ashama. A person's an animal. You have to function like an animal and live like an animal. Except you're a thinking animal with a sense of rules, but you're an animal. I heard, I heard it from him in the classroom. Then I went to a class in English. A guy, a short little guy, an English teacher. You know, and there was Shiva Bachram in the class. He was telling them, you know, liberal things. You know how, you know, anti-religious things. So a person, I saw a person, if you walk into a university, you know, and, and you're soft like butter, and you and, and you have no strength, and you have no, no, no hashkafas, you have no, no, no attitudes that are strong, that are come from the curse of fire. Of course it's a dangerous thing. But everything's dangerous. Same thing if you go in business. Every, wherever you go, there's a danger. I mean, the world, life is dangerous. Life is an adventure. But it's not meant. It's not meant that, 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 that the Torah is meant. You should be a Jew wherever you go. The Torah is meant that you should be a Jew wherever you go. That you should be mekayim the shukonar wherever you go. Here, do we have uh, the Rebbe's doctor? Comes with a yamoke. I mean, he's a, he's a very big doctor. I mean, he's a, he's a, who's, who's going to somebody's going to tell him that Shabbos is not Shabbos? They laugh at you. I meet him in the farm store. He's buying a, a, a cipher on a Gemara. He's learning Gemara. He, he has to have a certain cipher. There's not a. This, you're not a monk, and the yeshiva is not a cloister, and, and and we're not afraid of the world. And you have to be the same Jew. You're bigger and stronger when you go to, to a school. You see, tomorrow comes Doctor Joey and Doctor Mike. The, the one is finishing medical school. One is is a doctor already, and he's and he's and he's and he's learning to be a surgeon. Starting to be a surgeon, they come Sunday and they learn. I can guarantee you, without exaggeration, without any exa- that the high point of their week is when they come and they sit and learn. You look at them in the hospital too, nice looking boys, you know, but they're made from something strong. Then we can push them around. You understand what I'm telling you? Wherever you go, you have to learn. No matter how busy you are, you have to find, even if it's a few minutes a day, you have to open the Gemara and you have to learn. Wherever you go, you have to be Mekayim Torah and Mitzvahs. You know, there was a Jew from London. He just died last year. His name was Getzenberger. He was a Satma Jew, you know, with the round hats that the Satma wear and the three-quarter jackets, like you see them in Manhattan. He, 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 he was one of the richest men in England. So he went into the central office in, on, on Park Yen, the Chase Manhattan Bank, 
and he wrote out a check for $250,000. He went over to the teller. He gave her a cash a check for $250,000. So she looks at him, she sees a Jew there with a straggly beard with a hat. He got a check $250,000. She runs over to the manager. The manager comes running, $250,000, a quarter of a million dollars. The manager comes running. So looks at him, she got a check $250,000. Gives him a number there from the vice president of the bank there. Uh, I'll call this number and tell him, Mr. Burton. So the guy goes and he's laughing. He thinks they're going to arrest him. You know, the manager thought they got a criminal here. He runs and he calls up. And the guy tells him, Yeah, it's Mr. Burger from London. You better cash it quick. They come running back. <laughs> Mr. Burger wasn't ashamed of any man. When he died, he left 400 companies that he owned. It was a Satmar Chaser, 100% Chaser. The, the Olympia York, that if you read the papers, New York Times, a full, uh, every, in the business section, Olympia York, I know, the, I, know the, I know the owner, he's a young man, he's a youngish man, with a, with a, with a beard and payers, and he's, and, and he's, and he's, the Times writes he's worth in excess of $5 billion. And the Times write that he and his brother are very orthodox Jews and they're very, you know, soft-spoken and wherever they go, they know that they're from a Yid. You understand what I'm telling you, Jim? Any questions? My problem wasn't so much that of being so strong as to be going anywhere. I think there's a, there's a problem that, that I feel like whenever I see someone that's foreign, I... I have to. I re- react to it, it, it in, to a degree that it's not, not, not maybe not proper, completely proper. When you go, and it, it's very difficult to, to, to try to understand another point of view without sympathizing. And in sympathizing with it, you, you start to roll, roll with their, with their ball. Oh, no, look! You have to be. You have to hold listen. yourself back completely. Do you listen, try to my dear boy, life is walking a tightrope. To be every place is to be no place. To be with everyone is to be no one. I understand, listen, I, 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 you have to be able to understand all types of views of people, uh, all types of philosophies, all types of social philosophies, all types of religions, and all types of... But how, you, to you, it's... You have to be able, a person has to exercise self-control. But not he's made out of marshmallow. Listen, I got on a plane from California. So a Catholic priest sits down next to me, a young fellow, an Irish priest, and starts talking to me about grace and this and that. So what? He's going to influence me. I was nice then. I ate his heart out. I told him certain things he didn't want to hear. I mean, but uh, I told them how the Jews are thriving, the religious Jews are thriving. And then, the, the, you know, and other things, you know, you know. But the person has to have strength. A person can't let himself be influenced by everything. Don't leave us so quickly. No, what do you want? Right. You have to have good friends. Of course, you have to. If you stay around the wrong people, the best of us get in trouble. Even it's 
impossible. If you have bad friends, it's terrible. If you have bad friends, it's terrible. You have to have good friends. It's, this is a mission in Pirkeyovas. You have to have a chaver toy. The room, I, I've seen, I've seen wonderful people. You hear? Yeah. I've seen <coughs> men and women, and I'm telling you, real, real fine people, neshamadika people, that fell in with friends that are not so good, and they were ruined for the rest of their life. And I've seen people who themselves were not so hatsi-tatsi, and they had good friends, they had good friends, they picked them up, and they... I mean, they, they change. Change. Mandel, what's with you, Mandel? Rabbi, I have a couple of questions to let go from the Talmud. <laughs> All right, what is the one? Let's take one at a time. Rabbi said we could speak sometime about the, why one makes something key, like a suzer. Yeah, well, that's, already, that's a different table, that question. Nothing I'll get next. Yeah. About the, the shibish of, uh, of the, how things were more significant with the actions of somebody who lived long ago was more significant than today, like on the others. This is an important question. Look, this is an important question. This is a very, is a pivotal question. This is. What was the question? He said, for instance, we maintain that in the previous generations, and especially in the early generations, in the times of Avram Avinu. Uh, so, what did you say? Their actions are very, very great significance. This is not an easy question to answer. I'll attempt to talk about it a little bit. But it's not an easy question because there are a number of aspects to this question. I don't know if I can get them all in tonight. It says in Kohelas, You shouldn't say that the old times, the good old days were better than today. More or less, that's what the Pasuk says. You shouldn't say, ah, the good old days, things were better than today. You know, people have a tendency to say that, and, in, and the Pasuk says you shouldn't say that. I say this as a preface that that's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that the good old days were better than today. Number one, you have to be a student of history. You have to be a, a serious student of history to understand that Cultural climate changes. One of the greatest, I told you a number of times, one of the greatest revolutions in the history of mankind was the Industrial Revolution. The invention of the steam motor. Who invented it? Watts. Who invented the steam motor? No, not Fulton. Before Fulton. In Europe. Who? What? What was the fellow who invented the steam engine? This invention was one of the <coughs> greatest revolutions. In, 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 the, the, the revolution before that that changed the world, they say, was the wheel. The invention of the wheel. <coughs> if you ever read about the history of England, that almost overnight, when the, when the, when the machinery was invented that the, the whole the whole rural life the whole the whole country changed overnight the farms most of the farms disappeared it affected the whole family it affected the life you understand yourself if you're brought up on a farm or if you're brought up in a, in a city 
in a slum in a city. Right away, big factories opened up, and, and it, it affected a person. <coughs> I'm giving you an, a, a, a martial illustration of something that everybody understands. If you study it in great detail, there are, there are books, and there are people who wrote about it in great detail, in great depth, how the whole, the whole personality of the human being changed. Just from the Industrial Revolution alone. You study about the, 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 the medieval times, about the guilds. The whole Indian of a city was almost an invention. The culture that we live in affects us, for better or for worse. You find in halacha, mentioned numerous times, certain halachas, you find in uh, you find in the beginning of Shulchan Aruch and Hilchos Natilas Yedayim. You find that in the times of the Gemara, the halacha wasn't like it is today. Why? So the Rishonim, the Ran says, because in, in, in their time the level of kedusha was higher, and there was a bigger zehiris, and it's enough kamina. There was a bigger zehiris. They, 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 so you didn't need a certain Natilas Yedayim that we do. It's almost impossible for us to to perceive what kind of a world it was. I look, I look, uh, I look in the Chumash today. The Rishon said to Avraham Avinu, "Lech lecha miartzecha, leave your land." Took his family, took a few camels, and he went. What the world was at that time? If you ask me, if you ask me, my imp- the business personal, my impression, my opinion, my feeling is that the climate, the cultural climate of the world in many aspects was so fresh and so clear. Subsequently, what a man did in the world had a lot of meaning. Today, we carry on our backs thousands of years of history. And don't think that it doesn't affect us. I'm not saying that we're nothing. Again, I'm telling you, in a certain aspect, we have our own greatness, which the previous generations didn't have. But in those days and those people, in that point in history, they had perhaps access to Kedusha that we don't have. You see, and this thing that we call Kedusha, you know, Kedusha, you'll go and hear somebody, uh, what's Kedusha? Somebody tell you it's a beard and payers. That's not Kedusha. Kedusha, holiness, is such a thing, and what does it do to a person? What does Kedusha do to what, what kind of a person is a Kaddish? A person who is a Kaddish, he has altogether different sensitivities. The inside of his head and the inside of his heart is altogether different. Subsequently, what he does is altogether different. I don't want to go back to Avram Avinu. I know I'll talk in the last hundred years, which is not a long time. I know that <coughs> in the beginning of the hundred years, there were people that had a muna, deep muna. There were people with very, very deep muna, and people with, with, with their personal life was on a level of Kedusha that we don't have today. We don't have it today, a hundred years ago. I told you, you know these rockaways over here? 
right over here, 50, 50 years ago, 40 years ago, 35 years ago, 30 years ago. If anybody marched up on the boardwalk in a bathing suit, a policeman will come over and give you a $5 ticket. I grew up over here. I used to come when I was a little kid in 61st Street here for the summer. We were kids. My mother would tell me, you can't go on the boardwalk in the bathing suit. You go up on the boardwalk in a bathing suit, so you, you get a ticket, $5. Today, you can walk, a guy walks into shoe, buy a bris. So we had a bris here this summer. A guy comes in in shorts. So I say to another Jew, I know is a real from a Jew, I say to him, what is he, crazy? He comes to a bris in shorts. He says, well, he thought this, no, 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 no. 30 years ago, if you walked in the street like that, they would look at you like you're crazy. Today, a person can come with a bathing suit. With a bathing suit. You know how they go around today. Yeah. But, but, it's a different, it's the Metzius, it's a different climate. So this is one little thing. But there are thousands of ingredients in our life that didn't exist then. And subsequently, a, a, a person functioned, he was immersed in, for one who wanted, he had access to things that we don't have access to. Are you reading the history in the biography of Rabbi Kivega? When his mother used to take him to Cheda when he was a little boy, she used to cover his face. Why did she cover his face? From her house till the Cheda. In Europe, in those days, what could he see in the street? She didn't want him to see anything that's vulgar. Kibega's mother. I mean, you'll tell, you know, today you'll, you'll tell uh, uh, an educator, a psychologist, you know, that the mother covers the kid's face when she takes him from the house to the cheder, so they'll say she's overprotective. She's overprotective. <coughs> and he'd be probably right. In today's world, I don't know if you could do it. In, in, I mean, I could tell you stories like this. So if a person grows up like that, if you have to know who Rabbi Kivega was, so removed from evil, so removed from negative things, and, and the ge- he was a, a genius, a first-ranking genius, and, and it, was all, it was all in Kedushan. In holiness. Now, for Shtaitzach, Rabbi Kivega saw something, felt something, and said something, has more meaning than if I say something. I mean, it's a whole, uh, it's a whole world. I, I told somebody, Sukkis, we, we, we were learning, so it says over there that the, the daughter in the Mishnah says, who was it, that his daughter-in-law opened up the roof. You remember the Mishnah Sukkis? Yes. Shama. Shama Oh, yes. Right. Good. Shama Azakin's daughter-in-law took the baby and she wanted the baby to be in a sukkah so she opened the roof. So I said to someone, can you imagine what kind of house it was? Can you open up the roof in this house? Cost me thousands of dollars to fix it. So it was a hut. It lived in a hut. It was a thatch roof, something. So she moved away. She did whatever she did. That she, she opened up the roof. Cost her nothing to fix it. So Shama Azakin's daughter-in-law must have been somebody. What kind of house did she live in? And everything was different. 
You understand? You, you go to you go to a, you can go to a school and a teacher will, will, will teach you morality, and he'll go out of the classroom. He'll do the, he'll, he'll do the most immoral things in the world. There, everything was. You're talking about kedusha. You have to understand. It's a whole sugi. It's a whole thing to understand what it does to a person. <laughs> I'll tell you a little story. It's an The Satma Rav Zachrein Levracha. In the beginning of his stay in America, he didn't have so many rich exceeding. So he had to take a taxi someplace. They drove him. They were going to Hassan or they're coming from a Hassan. So the taxi driver didn't realize who's in the, in the cab. So he turned on the radio and a lady was singing. So the Satna Rav was immersed. And then so somebody said to the driver, a lady singing. Rav says, what? In the cab on the radio, a lady was singing. He came home. He took off all his clothing, his yamoke, everything that he was wearing, he never wore it again. He wasn't a Jew to, to throw out money. I mean, can we understand what he's talking about? That he heard, and the Kalisha on a record is mutter. He took off he took off everything he went and he did never wore a clothing again. Nothing. You, do I understand what he did? I don't understand. I I, I, I I don't understand like all of you don't understand. But he was a man that that was in such a level of existence, you know. The Ribnitz Rabbi should be because was here in Far Rockaway a few years ago. So he went to the mikveh. So he got in the car to go back to the house. And he's a weak guy, the guy didn't eat was in the car to go back to the house. So they're riding on Beach 9th Street. So somebody in the car spoke Lashonara about somebody. And he heard it. Told the driver to turn the car around. He went back to the McNeese table and again. He went back. He heard Lashonara. The Mc cancels out his McNeese. He had to go back and do it over again. And so I asked somebody about it. So they told me the same thing here. Carmel, from the Taliyah, Leo Carmel. He was in Florida with him. The same thing happened. He went back to the McNeese. He heard Lashonara. We could hear Lashnar all day, don't affect us. We don't know that it affects us. Sometimes, here you see, you don't think it's an easy thing to go back to the This guy's an old, frail, sick Jew. You gotta get undressed, you gotta go in the water, he's, and he's table a thousand and one times, and, he, and he's gotta again and again. I, I couldn't do it. But he was so affected by something that's by him negative. And you talk to them, they'll tell you that, that they, compared to their rabbis, are nothing. And it's not just empty humility. I mean, I don't have the information <laughs> to put together a picture of what was then and what was now. But I have crumbs of facts. I say to myself, what am I compared to the Satmarov? If he is a coalition, a kid, and it, and it affects him, it motivates him, the reaction is such. You know, I say to myself, so I, so I'm, I'm not, I mean, it's a different texture altogether of a person. If he perceives, and you have to understand, these were not frumos, you understand? These guys were not frumos. They're not, you know, you know, they're not, they're not, they're not you know, they're not obsessive compulsives. 
these people, they did it, they saw it, this is what has to be done. This is what you have to keep away from. We don't even know what you have to keep away from. I'll tell you a thing which is a little uh, unappetizing. The old square rabbi I saw it by. He used to sit, people used to come in. So somebody would say over something that, uh, you know, you talk to people, there's problems. They would say over something that happened that was not nice. He used to expectorate on the floor. He used to spit on the floor. So somebody once asked me, what's the rabbi doing? For years, I didn't know what what is this business. Then I figured out it's simple. You sit all day and hear this guy did this and this person did that, and you don't react to it. Some place in the structure of your neshama, you become calloused. The first time Chasushon, you hear somebody, somebody <coughs> murdered somebody. I remember when I was a kid at the New York, somebody got murdered. Used to stand screen, extra, extra, the newsboys used to stand and scream, somebody got killed. Today, every three minutes on the radio, the who killed, killed, shot, killed, <laughs> nothing. Nobody. I said, you heard somebody got killed, we think. The worst thing can happen today, everybody will talk about it tomorrow on the, on the TV, there'll be different news. Oh, and I am I said. So if you sit and you listen to it all the time, all the time, all the time, and you don't react against it, there's no... So, so you, you get a little dross, a little sediment settles in your neshama. So every time he heard something, he didn't want to accept it. This was his way of saying, I don't accept it. So are we such a people? I mean, this is nothing. I was reading a very interesting thing. In 17-something, there was a woman... Her name was Glockel von Hamel, a German woman, a Jewish woman. And she was a big tzaddikis, and she was a very smart woman, and her husband was a very rich man. So an interesting thing, a woman, a smart woman, so she wrote a diary, a history of her life with her husband, Loyalenu, he died a young man, and what went on in her house, and she left it over, a legacy for her children. So she writes how her husband used to daven three times a day by the minion. How three times a day by Shemineser they used to stand and cry. Mamish used to cry by Shemineser like a big tzaddik. He was a businessman. She writes all about it and how older Rabbanim knew that he's a Gavaldik, a Yerushalayim. We, we cry by Shemineser. We can't wait to finish. If I stay an extra minute, Chaim Elam is ready to shoot me. <laughs> It's a whole different. You have to understand this. You have to learn this. You have to. You know, a rabbi once says to me, a young, young whippersnapper says to me, he says, Do you believe, he says, that I have no share in deciding the fate of the Jewish people and the halakha? I look at him, you know, in a, in, a, in a sports jacket, you know, with an open shirt. You understand? You know, you know, he, he's going to decide what Jews have to do. Yeah, I look at him. Are you crazy? When you see these people, you see, you see the kedusha and the 
They had insights into what's what. Have we seen the enigma? What time is it? 10 after 11. 10 after 11. I'm still going to print it on my mouse. <coughs> I'm tired. Sure, enigma.